to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. It's Monday, July 20th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and joining us thanks to the power of Zoom, Tass Millis. Hey, everybody. Hey, Tassie. We got the international man of mystery. Take him to the max, Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm, Lily, and last but not least, making the magic happen, J.D. Hello. There he is, and here we are, just the four of us today. No Trey Kirby. He's on his way back from the Midwest. Word is... That he's going to be staying the night on Reba McIntyre's farm. I'm not even kidding. Yeah. I guess she has like a, I don't know if it's a horse farm or something. And uh, that's where they plan on stopping on their drive back with their social distancing trip. From a yurt yurt to Reba McIntyre's farm. What a journey. It's not Jose Calderon's farm, but it'll do. (laughs) It'll do. It'll do. Uh, Before we get into it, a little housekeeping. Make sure you check out the two great podcasts we posted near the end of last week. On Friday, I spoke to NBA 2K slash YouTube star and the host of House of Highlights through the Wire podcast, Kenny Beecham. That was a really, really fun podcast. Great kid. Highly recommend you go check that one out. And then on Saturday... We posted Lee's Pop and Packs episode with Hawks Hall of Famer Dominique Wilkins. This was another great listen, though I will say <laughs> Neek was struggling at times with a couple of yeah. the cards lately. Yeah, one or two of them, one or two of them. But I, I often find with the older guys, if you throw in the guy's college where he played, that mm. tends to uh, turn them around. They're big, uh, pretty, pretty knowledgeable about where everyone played college ball. It's true. That's true. But uh, he shared some great stories, too, yep. and had played like summer ball with some of the guys that you had planted in that pack, and uh, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, it's great. So go check out those podcasts if you haven't already, and if if you have already listened, thank you so much. Um, guys, we're bumping up beach stepping this week by a day. We're going to record that bad boy on Tuesday, which is tomorrow. So you got about 24 hours here to get your questions and your comments in for the new beach stepping podcast. Email us, nodunks at theathletic.com or tweet them in at nodunksync. Tass, you usually uh, spearhead the beach stepping podcast. How, how are the... Uh, how are the questions and the comments looking? Are we? Do we need some good ones still to come in? We always do, but our fans are extremely creative. Extremely creative. Even, even in these times where we haven't had basketball for four freaking months. We've been doing beach step and we've been doing mailbag podcasts for four months with no games. And they're still coming in strong. That's true. Some good ones. Real good ones. Yeah, there was. I got lots of tips for my poison ivy. It's, it's, it's awesome. Oh, Thank you good. so much to everybody out there. I'm not going to wear a... Uh, uh, a suit out there, like a, a full suit. Uh, people are suggesting I wear like a gas mask and stuff. It's not going to happen. But uh, thanks for the suggestions. <laughs> also, can I kindly request for everybody, all you listeners out there, stop sending me video of the Mavericks playing spike ball. My God, I couldn't believe how many people, especially on Instagram, were tagging me. Check this out on House of Highlights. Check this out here, whatever. I got it. I saw it. It's amazing. I'm so pumped. Uh, we had talked before a long time ago. Hey, NBA teams, they should be playing spike ball. Build up the camaraderie, you know, just the chemistry between guys. It's a fun game. Um, so thank you, but you, you can now stop. I've seen it. They're also not very good at it. Like, <laughs> Lee, you've never even played spike ball, have you? Nah. You and I would wax them. Wow. I, I wouldn't even need, we wouldn't even need to teach you the game. You and I would just kill them. I mean, let alone me and Tassie would play together. So I, I, uh, I had a question about it. it. So you don't actually have to hit it off the mat or the, you know, the pad every time. Is that right? Well, it looked like a, they were sort of tapping yeah, it to each other. It's more of a like net. volleyball. Yeah, it's, um, it's like it's volleyball. volleyball. You get passes. So if you and okay. I are on the same team, Lee, and yeah. we're playing Tass and JD at spike ball, yeah, exactly. It's just like volleyball right. where... I can basically volley it to you for you to right. smash. But you only have so many hits that you got to 
then hit yeah. it off the net. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that. So I learned yeah. something. So I appreciate me being sort of uh, extra tagged into those uh, those messages that you were sent because uh, it all spilt over. Everyone was like, well, I got to tag Skeets, got to tag No Dunks, and then I might as well tag all the guys. So I saw it all as well. Yeah, great. And I, I, think, and I think I was the first one to send it to you, Skeets. But well, well, exactly. You were all well, over it. It was great. What? But I mean, all weekend long tasks. Oh, I mean, like, I swear to God, there was like 10 a day people telling me to look at the same video over and over again. It's like, I get it. All right. They're playing too, spike ball. Too I've seen much it, engagement. Too much. No, I'm just kidding. You guys keep tagging me. Go nuts. Um, I would love to play the Mavericks at Spike Bowl, though. Oh, man, if we can make that happen. Whew, let's get to that. All right, so we got a fun podcast here, I think, for a Monday. The league guys told teams on Friday that none of the seeding games will be taken into consideration for any postseason award. And that voting for these honors, like All-NBA and Rookie of the Year and MVP, all your major awards, they will be completed before the July 30th restart at Disney World. Typically, those votes are cast closer to the end of the regular season. But again, these seeding games, they don't matter. They don't care. So the individual award chases are now complete. So let's make our final picks and predictions. We're going to do the six major awards, and then we'll select our all-NBA teams near the end of the podcast. I think we'll try and do that collectively because that can get a little crazy. It would have been nice if they told reporters a week ago so while they're in their rooms quarantining for seven days they could have came up with their picks you know instead of having to do it now but hey <laughs> this makes sense time. they've still got time okay so let's go through these we're um you know we're making our picks but we're also really predicting what we think the media will ultimately decide on let's start with a granddaddy of them all most valuable player Tass. why don't you get us started can you make a case for anybody except the greek freak <laughs> No, I, I don't think anyone uh, should. I think it, it actually, when the season stopped, really helped Giannis and his case because he was injured. They had lost two in a row with him out. The game before that, they lost to LeBron James and the Lakers when LeBron had his weekend of, of supremacy over the, uh, the league there with uh, Kawhi Leonard being beat and then Giannis being beat. So the Bucks were starting to fall. Then the season stopped and... We actually, on The Athletic, voted for all the awards in, in early April. And 97% of the writers at The Athletic, 32 of 33 writers, picked Giannis. And I think uh, just the way it's all shaken down, uh, I think that he is going to get, not unanimous, not the unanimous vote, but he's going to get most of the, the, the votes because I think people aren't going to get cute with their votes at the ballot box this year. They're just going to try and keep it straightforward. They don't want an asterisk. On an asterisk of a season, I think they're gonna—they're not gonna screw around. Giannis had the best team. I think he impacted the game a little bit more every night. And hey, that makes then LeBron, I should say, definitely LeBron. LeBron, the number two guy out there, but of course he's gonna impact the game a little bit more. They're a decade apart. Uh, you know, he is. Yeah. He does have a little bit more energy on the defensive end. Uh, he definitely impacted the game a lot more across the board he was there night in and night out and it is it's odd to think of Giannis I know I know people say that he has the best team and he's the best player but LeBron is mentioned more in the media I even did a little Google trend search like LeBron is talked about more he is in our brains a little bit more yeah uh, and and so it's uh it's easy to think hey LeBron had a great season too he did um but I, I think Giannis was the better player he uh doesn't have the teammate that LeBron James does in, in Anthony Davis and and I think it, it, you can make an argument that the Lakers should have had a better record than the Bucks because LeBron has Anthony Davis. And I know that may, might be a, a dumb thing to sort of think about, but if you put Giannis on the Lakers in LeBron's place and you put LeBron on the Bucks, I think 
the Bucks fall off a little bit. They don't keep up that pace. But I, I think mm. the Lakers are just as good, if not better. And, and so that's what it is. I think he's been the absolute best player in the league this year. Lee, do you think Giannis wins this unanimously? Because Tess doesn't. He thinks maybe there'll be a, a vote or two thrown to LeBron for the first overall MVP bit. But what do you think? I had Giannis unanimous around February, uh, but in the in that sort of March, April... Oh, hang on, when did we end? We ended in April. March, March. man. Oh, yeah, so maybe it was January. I had him up to then as about unanimous. But then LeBron did make a strong push, and he's not going to be unanimous because... I, but I haven't seen anyone outside of Los Angeles-based media really picking LeBron over Giannis, and that's fine. You know, if you cover LeBron, you're around him all the time, it's understandable why people get more a little bit biased towards him, a little bit influenced by him. He's been great. He's, he's been incredible. He's had a great uh, bounce back season considering where he ended last season mm-hmm. but Giannis has been the most valuable player all season long for the Milwaukee Bucks on both ends of the floor he's been incredible the Bucks have been incredible and it doesn't it's not a coincidence that they're either the best offense and best defense you know they, those sort of things shuffle around a little bit but when Giannis is on the floor the Bucks look like they are the best team and when LeBron's on the floor the Lakers are obviously uh, an incredible team as well but from what we've seen from the entire body of work from Giannis this season uh, he is clearly the MVP in my mind um, and, and he deserves to win this award comfortably but it won't be unanimous no because there is still you know uh, there, there's going to be I would say uh, there's about 120 voters I would say there's probably 15 to 20 at least who are, who are going to pick LeBron and, wow uh, no I way I think so I no think way so. I wouldn't be surprised I mean, I, again, I don't think it's that high. I think I, I, I think if the season had continued, uh, maybe normally, and and like Tass took us through, like Giannis a little banged up, uh, the Lakers and LeBron were peaking at the right moment. Yeah, then maybe then, but uh, with the stoppage, I I can't see there being more than ten that give LeBron their first overall. Yeah, MVP well, we'll we'll see anyway. But I I think that uh, LeBron certainly swayed people because of where what he'd done over those last six weeks, where it was like you know he had those nights as well against even Zion Williamson, a rookie, where LeBron was like, "All right, Rook, I'm just going to you know teach you a lesson here." And, uh, yeah. and you know those are the sorts of things that sort of um, stay in people's minds, I think. But yeah, Giannis is the MVP. He deserves it, and uh, there's really not a case that LeBron could could take it off him, in my view. Yeah, it's wild to think at his MVP celebration in Milwaukee last summer, Giannis told fans not to refer to him uh, as MVP <laughs> yeah. until I win it again next year. He sort of called a shot on this one. The The statistical numbers are, they're just unreal. I mean, I think it's Wilt, MJ, and then LeBron himself have are the only people to really have better statistical seasons than what Giannis did this year. And again, Giannis in limited minutes because the Bucks just crush teams for the most part. Right. He doesn't have to play that much. He's the classic best player on the best team, and he might also win Defensive Player of the Year. (laughs) He might be the best player on that end of the floor too. I think the LeBron thing, Tass, where you were saying like more people talk about LeBron, I agree with that. I wonder if that has to do with for, I don't know, like 15 plus years where like LeBron's maybe the best player in the game. He may not win MVP every year, but he's the best player in the game. I would want him you know, with one possession in a game, blah, 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 blah. Is it because we, is that why we do it? LeBron hasn't won an MVP since 2012-13. It's a long time. Um, And again, even though we all agree every year that he's like, well, he's at least one of the best players uh, in the league. So maybe that's a part of He's an 11-time MVP in my book, remember? That's right. Yeah, yeah, you took it through it. Um, (laughs) I saw Bleacher Report even had, like, this is year 17 for LeBron. Where does it rank? Where does this season rank in LeBron's entire body of work? And even Bleacher Report had it ranked, like, 10th. So this is LeBron's, wow. as great as he's been, 
This is maybe just like his 10th or 9th, wherever you want to put it, best season, mm. which is wild to think that the guy's going to be likely a runner-up in MVP, and it's you know not even above-average season for him in his career when you look I, at the numbers and success. Yeah, I, I think... I don't think it's so much the long-term view. I think I think he's got enough MVPs for people to feel comfortable with. This isn't like a Kobe legacy MVP or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, four I think is enough. Um, <laughs> but there may be some people who think this could be his last chance at the MVP. Maybe. I mean, mm-hmm. I think that, that's, that won't be the media who's voting, but fans might say, you know, I don't, I, I'd like to give it to LeBron just because he has been the best player of this generation. He's not going to get better at 36 years of age next year. So maybe it's time to sneak one in, sneak his fifth one in there. But but I don't think it's a, a case where, you know, he had one or two, so he just got to give him another one. I think four mm-hmm. is a pretty decent amount. I think where people want to push LeBron's name in front of Giannis is, that, is, is when you start talking about one game, one possession, one series. Yeah. And, and that's understandable because Giannis mm-hmm. hasn't won a title yet. He hasn't shown that he can take an offense on his back in the finals like LeBron James has. He hasn't had that success. But it's a different conversation when you talk about that and even uh when when we all picked uh the athletics nba awards uh, an article that that michael lee put together uh in april the question was who do you want with the ball last possession down three or last possession of the game and lebron was the number one player mm-hmm. um so him and, and Kawhi and uh steph curry were that were pretty pretty close uh to the the three guys that everybody wanted pretty equal amounts so Giannis wasn't on that list, so I think I think people start talking about well, he hasn't won a championship and, and all that kind of stuff. But it, that's a different it's a different argument. Uh, or Damian Lillard, it was LeBron, Steph, and Damian Lillard. I should mm. say it wasn't Kawhi. Uh, so you know, people, it's hard to take the long view though. It's hard to like we we everybody's going to start talking about him, uh, LeBron beating Kawhi and Giannis in March, and forgetting about October, November, uh, December, January, February, March. It's just it's a long time to to sort of think about in our. Uh, uh, in, in the way we think about things, and he was uh, Giannis was dominant for six months. He was he was amazing, and uh, I don't know what you guys think about like Giannis not having a, as good a teammate as Anthony Davis. Like Anthony Davis is going to be in a lot of people's top five MVP ballots mm-hmm. on, on their mm-hmm. ballots, right? Uh, yeah, and, and so I think that helps Giannis to me. Yeah, I guess you could counter to that. Might be well, Giannis plays in the East. Um, a little bit. Whereas yeah. LeBron plays in the West, maybe a, you know, obviously a more stacked conference. Though that's funny because you know that was an argument sort of at times held against LeBron, I guess, when he was winning MVPs and he's like doing all this stuff. And I was like, well, you're in the East doing a lot of this, so uh, does that really matter? Anyway, okay, we all agree Giannis is going to win this thing, and rightfully so. LeBron's going to be second. Fill out the rest of your ballot tasks if we were really doing this top five. Who goes three, four, and five, and in what order? Where do you go? A little tough, but uh, Harden, Luca, and Anthony Davis round out my top five after Giannis and LeBron. Lee? I have Luca in there at number three. Uh, I think he was just incredible this season uh, for a young guy to do what he did. I mean, the Mavs, obviously their record isn't quite uh, as impressive as some of those other teams, but I mean, almost averaging a triple-double, which is not that big a surprise because now, because we've seen uh, Russell Westbrook do it, but I just thought Luca from season one to season two, went from like, man, this kid looks like he's really good to like, this guy's going to win MVP probably within five years. Um, And, you know, I I think that as long as he's on the Mavericks team, they are a chance. He's that sort of an influential player. It's going to take him a few years still to get into that spot where it's like automatically best player in the league. But I think that is on the horizon for for Luca at some point. Um, Just because, again, he's clutch in the moment. 
He's a great distributor. He's a very unselfish. He's a good rebounder. He does all those things. Now, his three-point shooting numbers aren't great. They sort of feel like they're better than they are. But I just think uh, his feel for the game, his impact on the game, he needs to improve defensively. But I, I just think what he has done so far this season, he's taken the match from a, like people like, they probably won't make the playoffs, to at their best, you know, they're not better than the Clippers or the Lakers. But are they much worse than those other teams in that area? And, and while they've got Luca there, I think they're a chance. So uh, I, I would have him number three, Davis four. James Harden, I probably wouldn't have in my top five. Um, wow. wow. Probably not, not really. I mean, like, I, I honestly think Westbrook, since the since the year turned 2020, I think Westbrook was the Rockets' best player this season from, from 2020. I mean, Harden, you know, he, he puts up those numbers that we always see, but I just don't actually think he was uh, that impactful this season after after uh, Russell Westbrook and him kind of figured out what was going on. I think Westbrook well, who would you throw player. in the fifth spot then? Yeah, who would you throw that um, final vote to? Like you know, Jokic? Kawhi. Kawhi's there. Kawhi, yeah. you know, um, I mean, this is what I'm always excited about. When we have what appears to be a runaway MVP winner, and it's 1-2, so like whoever takes it, but Giannis is going to, I like finding out like who gets those like fourth and fifth place like sort of yeah. throwaway votes. Like here's yeah. a little love. Like, Will Lowry get one of those? Chris Paul, I assume, will get some of those. I think I see, maybe I Tatum. Think, you know, Jace, uh, Jimmy Butler as well. Jimmy I think Butler. Jimmy, Jimmy yeah. Butler uh, again. Numbers. The numbers there for Jimmy Butler aren't going to jump off the page. No. But we saw a different Jimmy Butler. We saw the the Butler that the Timberwolves wanted, that the Sixers wanted, and the Miami Heat were prepared to pay him and say, "All right, we we think you're that guy." And he went out and did it. So uh, and Chris Paul as well. I think Chris Paul is uh, he'll he's no he's no no lower than sixth or seventh at all in, uh, right now because he was just uh, incredible all season long. Yeah, who will be the weirdest guy to get an MVP vote? <laughs> yeah. No wonder. Tatum, I mean, maybe? I mean, ah, Tatum's not even that weird. No, it would almost be weirder weird, if, like, but... Bam Adebayo got an MVP vote, I think. That would almost be weirder than Tatum, especially with Jimmy Butler. Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's possible, though, too. Yeah. Um, final question before we move on to the next award. If you're a betting man, Tass, who would you lay coin on winning MVP next year? Is it Luka? Is it Giannis for a potential, you know, back-to-back-to-back? You stick with LeBron? If you just had to. It's obviously tough to predict, but where would you go? Yeah, I think Luka's the hot pick uh, to win it next year. I mean, because Luka, you're going to assume the numbers are going to stay pretty consistent, right? Maybe even better if the the shot starts falling, like you said, Lee, and he can hit that with a little bit more consistency, especially the three-point shot. But would the Mavs jump up in terms of wins? Would they become like a 60-win team, a flirt with 65, whatever? If that's the case, then he's, I mean, yeah, he would be a hell of an MVP favorite. Uh, you're probably going Luka too, Lee. Is there anyone else you could talk yourself into? Yeah, I mean, if, if, if we sort of take Giannis off the board, I think uh, I think it is probably Luka. I mean, you know, you mentioned there, like, the numbers 28 already this season, 28, nine rebounds and eight assists. I mean, it's uh, it's incredible for a young guy to be doing that because he's also not super athletic and he's not even super quick. You know, but he seems to get out there and uh, the ball just finds him in the right spot. So, yeah, I, I definitely feel that uh, if it's not next year for Luca, it's it's within the next two or three for sure. Yeah, I'm trying to think of anyone else. Maybe Jokic if he came in yeah, uh, and I, didn't I, punt away the first <laughs> month of the season like he always does to get in yeah. shape and the Nuggets had a lot of wins. Yeah. He was my pick, I think, this year, Jokic. But uh, yeah, the, the the problem is the stamina and and just the uh, commitment all season, which I think is is just not there with him because he had a bad 
November, wasn't it, I think? And then he had like a good December, January, but then he kind of went missing a little bit again in, uh, mm-hmm. in towards the end of February. So I think that's the concern with Jokic. But um, no, no doubt Jokic, I think, can pile up the numbers and get sort of close to that triple-double average while, while shooting decently from three-point range as yeah. well. Um, but the Nuggets, the Nuggets need to win a lot of games. They sort of blew a few at home this season as well. So I think that uh, detracted from him. But we, yeah, you just need to see Jokic really sort of like commit himself. I think to uh, to playing every single night, which he uh, he hasn't done yet. One more wild card name. Let's not forget about him because he should be back and healthy. Steph Curry. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, could, yeah, he could go for thirty a game every night when he if when healthy again, hitting the threes, shooting so many of them. I mean, it's not you know win possibly a third MVP. I think uh, there's a lot of these guys you'd probably have ahead of him, but I wouldn't yeah, be surprised. But I mean, when you consider the Warriors this season have been an after story, like it could be that like oh man, we forgot about Steph. He is awesome again. You know, like catches people. They could go uh, from the worst team in the league yeah. to very easily the number one team again in the league. Absolutely, right? for yeah. all we know. Yeah, I mean, you'd have the narrative there for sure, for sure. All right, well, let's keep it going here. Lee, you can go first. Coach of the year, predictions. Who you got winning this? This is, this is there's a lot out there that you can make a case for. Yeah, this is always a this is always a, a, an interesting one because do you say, well, Greg Popovich is the best coach, but the Spurs clearly not this season weren't, weren't going to do it, so he's not going to win. Do you give it to someone like Frank Vogel who like just got a great team, got a great team, but he got good results out of them? Or do you look at someone like Doc Rivers, the same sort of situation there. Budenholzer's got the Bucks playing really good ball again. So there's all different sort of narratives and storylines you can fit around. But I'm going with the guy who I've kind of been on his, on, on his uh, supporting him all season. It's Nick Nurse. I, I think Nick Nurse, because he came in with the expectations of this team might even struggle to make the playoffs after winning the championship last year because they lost their best player and they weren't able to replace him. But instead of that... I think uh, the Raptors were incredibly well prepared. Uh, they played well. They played hard, and there was no excuses at all with that club. And I think that starts with the coach, where he's like, "Well, I'm not feeling sorry for myself. I know Kyle Lowry and Marcus Gasol aren't feeling sorry for themselves. Siakam came along, and, and he was an early MVP candidate. He kind of dropped off a little bit as the season went on. But uh, I, I just think what Nick Nurse has done for the Raptors to keep them relevant and to keep them as a, you know, a legitimate slash dark horse." For the NBA championship, I, I think he's done an incredible job. So he he gets the nod for me because again, I think it's it's harder for a coach to handle expectations and live up to them, like kind of like a Frank Vogel. He he's on the hot seat as soon as he accepts that job, and he's done a great job. If you look at someone like Jeff Hornacek a few years ago, when the Suns sort of shocked everyone and, and uh, won forty seven games, it was like wow, Jeff Hornacek's great. But then it didn't really carry on. It didn't really last. So I think what Nick Nurse did was like everyone thinks. The Raptors were that was you know a lucky champion last year. They hit, they got lucky because uh, Kevin Durant was injured, then Clay was injured, and they won, and they had Kawhi. But they that was like that was it. That was a high watermark. I think what he's done with them this season is is keep them competitive and keep them relevant. And more than just like, well, they're they're going to show up in the playoffs and be first round fodder. I think the Raptors are still a, a very good chance if everything goes right for them in the Eastern Conference. So uh, he's my choice. Um, again, lots of lots of good candidates out there. You kind of overlook Budenholzer, but you, you expect the Bucks to be good because they were good last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's kind of just keeping them on track. But uh, I think considering what the, what the expectations were coming into the season for Toronto to where they are now, Nick Nurse deserves a lot of credit for that. Spoken like a true homer. Well done. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Tass? you agree with him? Yeah, it is uh, crazy to think back uh, in October, the, the range that people had the, the Raptors in from, you know, top four to 
there's that infamous screen grab from NBA TV, the predictions. And it was our man 3D, Dennis Scott. Didn't even have him in his top eight, uh, standing alongside uh, former Raptors coach of the year, Sam Mitchell, who put, <laughs> right. put, the, put the Raptors at eight. And, uh, you know, 3D said, oh, I was wrong a few months later. 3D just made, didn't, didn't, didn't believe. But it's, it's, it is wild to think of that range. And uh, I, I think the, the narrative of Nick Nurse doing the quote-unquote most with the least is, uh, is a, it's a, it's a popular. Not entirely, yeah, not entirely accurate. But, not, but, no. but again, people were just like, the Raptors, you know, they might even just start uh, being, having a fire sale halfway through the season yeah. if they're not but, doing well. Yeah, yeah, but in comparison to the Lakers and the Bucks and the Clippers, the good teams, I mean, they don't have a superstar quite yet. Yeah. You know, Siakam is on the verge. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think the, the most with the least in that, the, you know, from projection, it means from where they were projected, average was probably, you know, 6th, 7th, 8th in, in the Eastern Conference to being 2nd. That's the, that's the biggest jump of any team, I think, from expectations to actual results. And so Nicky gets it, I, I think. Uh, there's lots of good stories. Um, but, you know, Nick also... Maybe people want to give him a little love because they realized his name in last year's postseason. They they realized what he did last year in the playoffs, and you know playing the box in one. Uh, Nick Nurse is wearing a shirt that says "box in one" this past week in Orlando. <laughs> Amazing. So maybe there's a little bit of a of love post post finals championship that uh, he's going to get because uh, he deserves it, man. I uh, I agree with you guys. I think Nick Nurse is ultimately going to win this award. Um, you know, with what percentage of the vote? I don't know. Probably. 50 to 60 percent something like that i think he'll get a fair share of the votes first overall for coach of the year i don't want him to win this i've said it before i don't know why any raptors fan would want a coach they like to win coach of the year because bad things happen to them when they when they do get it sam mitchell of course Dwayne casey wins it and then is fired for crying out loud for nick nurse nick nurse to replace him and win a championship so i almost hope he doesn't win it though i think he will but you guys said it he lost two starters i think that is forgotten in the whole Kawhi thing like okay wow you lost Kawhi, maybe the best player in the game at the time you also lost Danny Green, who is like a starting guy on a championship team. Uh, and you got killed by the injury bug this year, too. Siakam out, Lowry out, Gasol out, Ibaka out, Van Vliet out, Norm out at times. Um, and he just got things out of guys that, quite frankly, a lot of people have never heard of. Chris Boucher, Terrence Davis, uh, Rondé Hollis Jefferson suddenly back in our lives. Playing Senna, too, Rondé I mean, Hollis, remember? Yeah, <laughs> and that's the thing. I love about Nurse, and I love that he's getting the credit of just not being afraid to try things. He's repeatedly spoken about how teams have to get more creative on defense to catch up to the amazing NBA offenses, and he will give it a go. And I love that. Just to what you said, though, about um, like preseason expectations tasks, I saw Eric Kareen of The Athletic. He had a great article a while ago where he took the 2019-20 um, prorated wins because we didn't have a full season, so played it out as if it was one, versus the preseason over-unders, and then who exceeded expectations the most. Mm. Now, the Raptors are high on the list. Um, They finished fourth. But actually, Billy Donovan and Oklahoma um, were the winner in this category. You know, they only Mm. were pegged to win like 30.5 games, and pro-rated would be like a 50-plus win team, 51. So that's a hell of an increase. Same with the Grizzlies right there and Taylor Jenkins. And then Vogel. And the Lakers, surprisingly, um, uh, in third, and then Nick Nurse and the Raptors. So I thought that was interesting. It's a really yeah. cool article from Eric Kareen. But you can see, and, I, and there are cases to be made for Donovan and Jenkins, and even Spolster, I think, a little bit. Like you said, Budenholzer and the other great coaches in the league. But uh, I, think, I think Nurse wins this. 
Yeah, I agree. Those are all the names that are in there. I think you can throw Nate McMillan as a guy who sort of exceeded expectations a little bit. Spolstra, I think, is exactly like uh, the Nick Nurse scenario, getting a lot out of undrafted guys, uh, second-round guys, young guys, uh, G League uh, development, going down from 1 through 12 and getting guys to come up and and play big. Uh, Yeah, it's it's all what kind of storyline do you like? Yeah, Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. But... uh, but I think I want to give Nick Nurse uh, the honor just because, you know, he won a championship. So uh, I think that's part of, uh, even if it's the 1920 Coach of the Year award, <laughs> I'm giving it to him. <laughs> I like how he, uh, the, one of the first photos we saw of him in Orlando, he had the guitar wrapped around him. He was, uh, he was taking only the essential items down there. <laughs> oh, wow. Do you think uh, when they give him the award, he could play like a little song? Maybe he could write something as a thank you to the, to oh, the team would, and to I the management? I hope so. I that would be nice. So. Yeah. All right, our next one, my favorite award, most improved player of the 2019-20 season, Tassa. Let's hear your prediction. Who wins this MIP? Uh, this is tough. I, th- I think Bam Adebayo is going to win it. Uh, I think. Uh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I think he surprised the most people. I guess uh, coming out of nowhere as a playing as a backup to Hassan Whiteside, uh, the poll via the Athletic. Um, you know, if we if we take the the writers guesses would put bam on that podium as the winner by far and away you know almost 60 percent of the vote uh but i would give it to a guy who went from really good to superstar level because i don't know i think as as basketball nerds we all expected bam at a bio to eventually get that starters role in miami would we expect him to be an amazing player on the defensive end and the sort of the centerpiece of the offense uh, and they're probably their most important player. No, but um, I, I'm giving it to a guy who was a number one option on offense the entire year, and I didn't see it coming, and that's Brandon Ingram. And, and so I would, you know, his numbers of 24, 6, and 4 assists a game, uh, all career highs, 59 shooting percent shooting percentage. To me, that's, it's, it, was, it was ridiculously impressive, and maybe it's just a little bit of a surprise for me going from the Lakers. I, I thought he was he was just sort of, always going to ride that number two type guy and never never really fulfill that number one role sort of like Jason Tatum who is also an option in, in this award uh, those two guys broke out and so I'd go with Ingram but Ingram Tatum out of bio even Luca even a Christian Wood dark horse are probably the five <laughs> guys you can pick from yeah it feels like Bams or Ingram's uh, award. I, I so I'm with you. I, I you can you can throw out other names, but I think one of those two guys that went to that level, like you said, that all star level. Uh, um, you know, maybe you know the Zion Ingram pairing is interesting. We only saw it for less than 20 games, but yeah, these guys are elite guys, and that is always a tough jump. It's a lot. It's a lot more difficult jump than what Christian Wood did, right? Like, which is impressive. Guy went from basically a G leaguer, um, couldn't find a spot in the league, bouncing around to a really solid 13 and seven type guy on a lowly Pistons team. Um, Going to get a payday eventually. Like, good. That's that's impressive. But it's way more difficult to do what Ingram did or Bam did, in my opinion. And and like Luca's there too, but almost Luca goes too elite with it. Yeah. Uh, and it's like yeah. and it's like the whole Curry conversation we used to have. Like, can he win MIP despite being MVP? And like, yeah. even Giannis for crying out loud. Like th- that to me gets a little silly, but. Yeah, what do you think, Lee? This is funny timing. I saw someone just tweeting at us that you called Ingram's all-star spot on the starter show like two years ago, three years ago, something yeah, like that. But yeah, I think, think? It, I think it was in his second season, so yeah. I guess that was uh, three years ago. Yeah, yeah. so uh, I nailed it. Thanks for finding that too. Bailey Larson, I think his name was great. Yeah. Love that. You love that. Um, yeah, I think it comes down to those guys you mentioned, Bam, 
uh, Brandon Ingram or Jason Tatum. I think Tatum, you almost have to take him out of this equation because we knew he, this was coming, this jump. You know, you could see it happening. I don't think we saw Bam quite taking this leap. And Ingram got to a new situation, got to a new team, had a new opportunity and really grasped it. He, and, he, and he took it. And, you know, he was a very, very good player for the, uh, for the Pelicans this season, the way that he just took control of that offense. Now, he and Zion didn't really figure it out in those short time together. And yeah. that's, that is a question going forward for David Griffin there and the Pelicans. Can these two work? Because maybe they can, maybe they can't. Um, but I think, I think right now you want to certainly keep Ingram. Ingram's an interesting one because as well, the Pelicans didn't extend him last season when they could have so now he is a restricted free agent they can obviously match any offer he mm-hmm. gets but i know that that sort of irked him and his camp because they wanted to they wanted hey pay us the big bucks but i think david griffin did the right thing because the potential and the talent has been there for ingram but we wanted to see it well he answered that he showed that this season so he's going to get he's going to get a lot of offers will he get that sort of big max deal i'm not sure he'll get quite that um but i think he'll get pretty pretty close to it um i think he'll get it i think he'll get it because especially because the uh, the free agent crop not so yeah, good I yeah well, yeah he'll get i mean paid. after davis who you assume is just going to re-sign with the lakers there isn't a, that sort of one or two really standout names so yeah he, he gets he gets very close to it if not the uh the, the four-year max obviously someone else can offer him the pelicans can offer him five um but when, it was funny, when we look at this, I remember I had a, a guy, and I couldn't remember who it was, who I was trying to make a case for earlier in the season, and it was Russell Westbrook. I remember saying that I think Westbrook has improved because he's been a guy I've been critical of in the past that, you know, he goes out and gets all these numbers, but it doesn't translate to wins. But he turned it around for Houston to the point where it's like, I've started to sort of believe that maybe things could work out because Westbrook had been so good, uh, as I mentioned earlier, since the sort of season turned over from, from 2019 to 2020. So he's not going to win it. There's no question he's not going to win it. He's almost ineligible to win it being an MVP in the past. Yeah. But I just think that what you saw from him, the way that he adjusted his game and adapted his game, that should get some consideration. But that, that this award is not about that. This award is whose stats basically blew up from last year to this year. And mm-hmm. that's why it's going to go to someone like Bam or Brandon Ingram or to a lesser extent, Jason Tatum, who, uh, again, his numbers went up. And Jason Tatum, though, what we saw from Jason Tatum was like, okay, franchise guy right there. There's no question about it that this guy is ready to, to, to be the next big thing for the Celtics. And uh, he's only, what, 21? I think he is. Um, but you saw the moves, the, 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 the way that he... Improved his ability to score the way he was clutch. He hit some big shots, he, and and he wanted the ball in those critical moments. And uh, that to me is a sign of growth. And and the Tatum is legit. He was an all star as well. Although oddly, I don't think any of us actually had him as an all star when he got in. That's if right. I remember, I think you know, that was uh, yeah, because he, he other guys. Yeah, because he sort of started off a little bit slowly, but by the time he really picked it up, um, you, know, you had Jalen Brown, didn't you? Yeah. Oh yeah, and Brown yeah. was close to being yeah, an all star yeah. too. I think he was. Uh, he was probably maybe one of the next guys to get in if there was an injury replacement. I thought he was great too. But uh, yeah, I, I, I think ultimately I go with Ingram, but uh, mm. so a, lot of, a lot of good cases out there. Yeah, the only thing with Ingram, I saw this, like I think it was Bleacher Report wrote this, and I was like, huh, is that a good case for him winning? It said, quote, Ingram was critical to the Pelicans' early season 6-22 and survival. Huh? Uh. <laughs> Okay, then they turned on. They went 22 and 14, a nice run. And obviously Zion came back and they got other guys back. That's the thing. Like Zion was injured for a good chunk of the season. Drew Holiday was out. Lonzo was out. Derek Favors was out. Ingram did shoulder much of the load, but uh, uh, 
uh, yeah, but, six but and again, twenty-two early season survival. You can't almost, yeah. you can barely be much worse than that. Yeah, but I think again, this award is more about just an individual stats. It's it's like oh. the rookie of the year almost. Where and, like, and his stats are incredible for to be yeah. basically a twenty-five point per game score and do it as efficiently efficiently yeah. as he does. Like Tass said, especially with hitting the three this year, he was on fire. And how many he added to his game, his repertoire. That is that's impressive. I do think he wins it. Um, I wouldn't be upset if Bam is also given it. I'm bummed that my uh, my super preseason pick of Siakam going back to back in MIP would have been my boldest prediction of all time if it had come <laughs> true. It would be my greatest prediction of all time. Um, and it looked good for eh, what four six or five weeks, weeks? yeah, oh, something yeah, like that, yeah. maybe six. Uh, and then he and then he tailed off there, but uh, he was well on his way for sure uh, as as having a legit chance at bumping up his numbers enough to win it again in back-to-back seasons. But yeah, Bam or Ingram, and it sounds like we all think B.I. Slenderman Mm -hmm. gets the MIP. Uh, I will say, again, I've uh, made it clear in the past before how much I hate this war, but I like the direction it's gone in recently, at least of guy that's been in the league a couple years, maybe given more prominent role, or has just blossomed into like a star-type player like we've seen. Um, mm. I like that a lot more than some of the guys that used to win this damn thing in the past and then all this talk about a second-year guy, which I hate. Um, so, yeah. Well, that should make that maybe make another award. Best second-year player and then most improved. You know? I don't yeah, know. Well, uh, sure, sure. I don't know if we need more awards. but Probably yeah. not. Probably <laughs> not. Okay, Shea so, Gilgis uh, Alexander wins that award this year, mm, by the way. Mm. He was my preseason prediction for this award, and he's jumped up big time. But Wait, how many years is Luca in? He's second. in second year. Yeah. Oh, second. Oh, okay, he would win fine. it by a mile. Yeah. Oh, well, the jump up is, yeah. He yeah. was good in his rookie season, too. That's tough, yeah. though. He was good. He was better. He was much better. Um, okay, let's keep it going here. So, yeah, so far, Giannis, Nick Nurse, and Brandon Ingram. We, we all sort of agree on who we think is going to win the thing. Defensive player of the year. Defense. Lee, what do you got? Yeah, I think this one's pretty much down to a two-horse race, and I'm going with Giannis for this, too. I think uh, his impact on uh, the Bucks' defense is unquestionable. Like, the, the, the net rating when Giannis is on the court for the Milwaukee Bucks is up to 16. This is from NBA.com, of course, and when he sits, uh, it's still it's in the positive. It's still a positive net rating of four, but uh, you just look at that defensive impact there, 96.5 when he's on the court versus 104.2 when he's off it, and I think that just shows you that you can look at the stats, you can look at the eye test, you can look at the team and all that. But for me, Giannis is always chasing down defensive opportunities. And by that, what I mean by that is like whether it's blocking a shot, whether he's trying to sort of trap a guy in the corner and suffocate him, whether it's just his presence out on the floor changes the way the team's offensive approaches. And that's a sort of stat that is hard to quantify because it's like you see guys when they drive and they sometimes see Giannis there, they're like, all right, well, I'm just getting rid of the ball and see if we can get someone else to shoot it. And that it just shows how athletic he is, how strong he is, how fast he is, and how defensively aware he is, which I think is a huge, huge... Um, thing to consider when it comes to a guy's defense is he a guy who can just stand there and block shots kind of like Rudy Gobert at times you know where it's like he comes in and he blocks shots whereas Giannis is out there I think like I'm going to try to create something on this uh, on this possession for the other team and it can often lead to a fast break or a transition uh, basket for his own team so I'm going with him Anthony Davis has also been great uh, for the Lakers whose defense has improved tremendously this season but I don't think Anthony Davis has been as impactful as Giannis, and again, I'm not looking at who's got more blocks and who's got more steals and things like that. I'm just saying, I feel when Giannis is on the floor, the Bucks are a lot harder to score on inside and outside. 
because they, they you know they've got a very good defense boot they have a lot great. of good talented individual defenders on that team and a great system in bud and i'm talking they, about bledsoe and george yep. hill when he's out there and brooke lopez and middleton's no, not even that bad yeah. yeah there's no bad defenders out there but i just again i feel that when Giannis is out there it's like he can cover so much oh. ground in su- such quick time that uh that he is impactfully the most offensive uh Per, you know, best defensive player in the league, and so that's why I'm going with him. Tass, Giannis doing the uh, sort of the unthinkable. Only Jordan and Elijah won have won MVP and Defensive Player of the Year in the same year. You think he becomes the third guy? I don't think so. I think uh, Anthony Davis will win this award. I would I would vote for Giannis, uh, but uh, I, I think part of it is the Lakers have been extremely great, as you said. You know, a huge gap between the over under prediction or, or uh, projection at the beginning of the season and what they ended up getting. I don't think Frank Vogel is going to win Coach of the Year. I don't think LeBron is going to win MVP. And so going down the ballot after Giannis has won MVP, after the media picks somebody else for Coach of the Year, I think Anthony Davis is going to get the credit for the Lakers' defense. Hmm. And he deserves you know, a ton of credit for the Lakers' defense. Um, but uh, I am surprised at how great the Lakers' defense is. Um, but the Bucks have been far and away the best defense. I think Giannis is absolutely all over the place, is a little bit more intimidating uh, than Anthony Davis because of how much ground he covers. But Anthony Davis is definitely a big reason um, that that team uh, has achieved what it has defensively. I remember at the beginning of the season, I thought the Lakers are just too friggin' old to be good uh, defensively. And graphics would go up. These guys and their defensive accolades in the past, like Rajon Rondo and Dwight Howard and Danny Green and Avery Bradley, but those guys are just too old, I thought. And LeBron, mm-hmm. another 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 year, getting a little longer in the tooth. I just thought Bradley Green, LeBron, AD, and, and JaVale or whoever at the five was just not good enough, but uh, they've made it work, uh, and I think Anthony Davis is going to get the credit for it. Wow. So you think the ultimately the media might give it to him? I, uh, uh, I'm torn on this. I... I I think Giannis does do this. I think he pulls it off. And I think he would get my vote. He leads the league in like defensive win shares, defensive rating, defensive rebounds on one of the better defensive teams we've ever seen. Like they're that good. The Bucks are one and then like what are the Lakers? It's like Raps, Lakers, maybe the Celtics are in the mix, but the Bucks are miles better than the other teams. Like shockingly ahead of them uh in terms of uh, how good they are in the defensive end of the floor. So Almost, it feels weird almost not giving it to Giannis, despite him probably getting MVP too. But I got no problems with that. I know some people think, well, Brooke Lopez is just as important to that team defense. Okay, he's been great. His role, I get it. Come on. If there's, you take Giannis away from that team, you take some of the other perimeter guys from that, away from that team, Brooke Lopez is not getting the accolades that he would be getting right now. And that's just the way it is. They, they all have to fit together to make an, an elite defense. But you've you got to be putting Giannis above Brooke Lopez for what he does on that end of the floor. As great as Brooke has been. Um, um, Other guys too, Marcus Smart and Patrick Beverly, Ben Simmons and Kawhi. I mean, all great defensive players, but mm -hmm. I think Giannis is more impactful. Yeah. Yeah, And, and, you know, well, the thing is, like, you can always make stats sort of suit whichever side of the argument you want. But, you know, one knock on Davis is the net rating for the Lakers is better when he's off the floor than when he's on. It's you know, so it, it is a weird one. I mean, because that, that you wouldn't just say, well, that means the Lakers are better defensively when Davis is off the floor. Right. Of course, they're much better when Davis is on the floor. But it also just shows that, you know, the net rating difference when he's on the floor and off the floor is not significant when Giannis is off the floor 
it's hugely different for the Bucks. So you know that that's an argument certainly in Davis's uh, in uh, Giannis's favor because he just does when he's out there it improves the defense significantly uh, for Milwaukee. But um, again, that's I'm I'm not trying to sort of put down Davis. He's been great and he's been a good defender most of his career. He's a shot blocker. He alters shots as well. Um, but as I was saying earlier, my point is I feel that Giannis tries to create defensive opportunities more so than uh, maybe Kawhi's the only other guy or Patrick Beverly's another one like that yeah, Ben Simmons too other guys do it um, but you know again when you're Giannis and you're the MVP on the you know, best player on your team he's doing so much offensively he never takes a playoff on the defensive end either mm-hmm. yeah so no one thinks uh, Rudy Gobert has much of a chance at going back to back to back in uh, DPOI I don't think it's been a good year for, uh, for Rudy Gobert um you know, the Jazz, at times, their defense looked a little sloppy. And uh, considering how much uh, accolades he gets for when their defense is great, I think he also has to take a knock when uh, when it hasn't been as good. You agree with that, Tess? Yeah. I, you know, just just off the floor, not so good. Uh, so I, I think that hurts him. And, and the fact that he's won two in a row um, also hurts him. Yeah, the Jazz didn't meet expectations while the mm-hmm. Lakers and the Bucks have exceeded them. So... Yeah, I, I just don't see it. I mean, there's a Corona joke out there to make right now, but we'll save it for another day. Save it for 2024 when this thing is behind us. He'll still likely, and I know we're not going to do it on this podcast, pick our all-defensive teams, but Gobert will very likely still be a first or second all-defensive yeah. team center. Yeah. I would think, I mean, Brooke will get some love. AD is always the question mark. Is he a forward or a center? Where do you want to slot him? Um but I think Gobert, I mean, there's Embiid, too. I think he'll still make it. I think he'll still make it. All right. Well, we got a couple more awards. We're going to do our All-NBA teams. But first, a word from our sponsors. Get your peanuts. Get your popcorn. Baseball is back. The sound of that glove popping. The sweet, 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 sweet smell of the grass. And that sound of the bat thwacking. That's right. The boys will be getting back on the diamond this week. Games start on Thursday. Came wow. out freaking nowhere. Yeah. And uh, while we may not be able to join them at the park, guys, I know you guys like having a nice big can of beer at the park. Uh, there's plenty of action to be had from the comfort of your own home. DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you on the field risk-free for a shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy baseball is easy to play. You just pick 10 players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for hits, runs, strikeouts, and more. There's no better way to put your baseball knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at hundreds of thousands of bucks. But if baseball isn't for you, don't worry. DraftKings is offering plenty of fantasy golf action for this weekend's tournament. With millions of dollars up for grabs this week, there is no better place to have skin in the game than with DraftKings. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of the millions of dollars up for grabs this week with your first deposit. That's promo code RUN to get a free shot at a share of millions of dollars with your first deposit only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. All right, fellas, we're no Zach Efron. But are you prepared to <laughs> unveil your summer bod? That's what I want to know. The sun is shining. The water is shimmering. And the bushes must be tamed. But you ain't taking a machete 
to that region like you're chopping down bamboo on season three of Alone. No, Manscaped is here to ensure your post-quarantine body is ready for the wild. I forget what age I was when I looked south and I realized, my God, I got to control this situation down there. That's not just for the ladies, Lee. I don't know why you're laughing. Uh, though I, I, I'm sure they like it. I'm sure they enjoy it. The grooming game help keeps you cool. And uh, in this ATL heat, as we've talked about before, any degree saved helps. That's why you need Manscapes. Perfect package 3.0. This kit comes with the essential lawnmower 3.0 waterproof cordless body trimmer and a ton of other liquid formulations to round out your manscaping routine. My favorite part, when you subscribe to the Perfect Package, you get a new blade refill for your trimmer delivered right to your front door every three months. That is service. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Just pop in that code THEATHLETIC20. And for a limited time, subscribers get not one, but two free gifts, the Shed Travel Bag, a $39 value, and the patented high-performance anti-chafing Manscaped boxer briefs. I know Lee's wearing them right now. <laughs> so go to Man... I, I knew that because you look so damn comfortable today. I do. I, I have worn yeah. them. Uh, they're like, You know, I usually prefer a looser-fitting uh, brief, but these right. ones are actually nice and snug, and they keep everything where it should be. There's not too much movement down low. Yeah, so I you, like usually, you you usually prefer a boxer brief that I made in grade eight home economics <laughs> class, <laughs> which is you're the last person holding on to those type of briefs. But these are ba- these bad boys are yeah. amazing. So go to manscaped.com today and use the code the athletic twenty. Uh, what'd you think of? Uh, Do you see the video or uh, photo going around of Zac Efron? His dad bod oh. as the New York Post called him. <laughs> Yeah, ah, yeah. That's um, so. Uh, that's not a dad bod, though. At no, all. that's definitely not a dad bod. <laughs> that's the complete opposite of a dad. That's a single young guy who's got so much time on his hands. I mean, uh, so weird. Yeah, it's because he yeah, just had I, more hair on his chest. That was the only reason <laughs> they called it that. I'm, I'm convinced. Yeah, anyway. yeah, that's yeah. A dad bod is uh, is not defined. Let's say that a dad a dad bod is where you yeah you just you just haven't been able to work out you haven't been able to stick to your routine and uh, you but you're proud of it too you know you're a dad you have got other things to do you haven't got time to just sit in the gym and are you rocking, iron, are you, you rocking know? the uh, dad bod right now then oh I'm I'm rocking some sort of bod I tell you it's more the uh, it's more the too much bread in quarantine bod at the moment it's mm. uh, yeah oh man can't but, keep the yeah. carbs out of you. No, I can't, man. Carbs are my uh, kryptonite, but that's all right. Carbs are I, the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw one of those stupid things going around Twitter too the other day about how uh, pasta and uh, breads, I think it was, uh, are the, actually they they uh, improve your chance at a longer life. It said so. Mm. You you know when you see something like that, you're like, oh great! I'm not even going to read the article. I'm just going to see that headline and use it as a positive and go and keep on eating more carbs. All right. Excellent. Okay, well, let's uh, let's get to a couple more awards before we get to all NBA teams. Uh, Rookie of the year, Tass. Start us off. Any chance Zion in just 19 games somehow steals this from John Morant? He better not. No, I think uh, I think uh, yeah. A little hindsight that uh, this break has provided voters will will force them to pick John Morant. There's there's just no chance. Like maybe if you were in the moment in March, I think there was definitely a. A bit more momentum for Zion Williamson, just like there was more momentum for LeBron. I think, again, voters aren't getting cute here. They're not getting cute in November. Mm-hmm. You just go with the guy who provided us with the the, the most incredible moments uh, this season. I think people forget um, yep. over the course of it, it was like 
every week he was doing something. And I wonder, um, we, we saw the body of work that, that John Moran had. Uh, and how much he impacted the game, how much poise he played the game with. And when you compare him to Zion in the future, who is going to play with more poise? Who's going to control and impact the game more? I think there is a chance that Ja will have more of a, uh, yeah, I guess I guess impact or control of the game is is the way to put it over the course of his career. There's there's a chance because he's that good in in his rookie year. Although you know Zion looks to be. Um, projected as the better player in the future uh if he stays healthy but John Morant was a beast in in this you know the 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 games that he played and he took a team you know I guess it's a little bit like the Pelicans situation where uh you know a lot of new bodies and he took them to the playoffs and you know they they finished eighth in the Western Conference and that's a heck of an achievement for a rookie I mean he's their best player uh rocking it and doing it and leading every night and so yeah there's there shouldn't be i don't know is there going to be a vote for zion there shouldn't be no. i don't think so i no. don't think this is not this is not uh joel Embiid, brogdon you know slash dario sarge if you want to throw him in there situation where Embiid had only played what was it he played 31 like, games yeah I think it was, exactly yeah. 30 games i was going to say and then brogdon you know, despite not having the most sexy rookie numbers, was just Mr. Consistent and was there all year and obviously contributed and, and he got it. But everyone's like, well, Joel Embiid is probably a better player, but uh, mm. okay. That, but that's, I'm saying this is not the situation because John Morant has killed it. He's killed it. I mean, he's not a Brogdon or a Saric here. He's ranked first in scoring for rookies, first in assists, first in usage percentage, second in value over replacement player, third in win shares, and sixth in field goal percentage. And by the way, first among guards at field goal percentage. He's been unbelievable on a good team that has exceeded expectations, and he's their star player. And now he's got the highlights to match, like Tass said. I mean, he's got yeah. way more highlights than Zion Williamson. I know Zion hasn't played a ton, but John Moran has 10 times the amount. So yeah. And it's, they're in fourth quarter. It should be unanimous. Too. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like yeah this... he, he won games, too. It wasn't, just, no. uh, it wasn't just highlights. He took over games, went at team's best players in the fourth quarter because he controlled the game. He's just... He's a monster. He's a monster at the point guard position already, and uh, you know the most could be the most important position of the game. And he's already really, really good at it. So they're meaningful points, meaningful minutes, and he's not a hog by any means. He gets everybody involved, and then he kicks ass at the end of games. Yeah, I uh, just wonder who's who is going to be that that voter. Uh, no disrespect to Gary Washburn, but who's going to be the Gary Washburn that votes for Carmelo <laughs> Anthony when LeBron James should be MVP? You know, there's there's there there might be one, there might be one, but I think there's less of a chance now. After you know hindsight, yeah. uh, we've, we're we're out of the Zion fever that we all had uh, in, in February and March. Well, yeah, especially when you consider that the Pelicans, because of their schedule too and all that being a little easier, they could have caught the Grizzlies. They could have taken the eight seed, and then yeah, then you would have definitely had maybe more voters going. Well, okay, he got them in there. I mean, Zion comes back, takes them to the next level. Let's give him the Rookie of the Year vote, and he might be the best player ten years from now. Because that's the other thing. Some people like to look at it, this award. Not what'd you do in your rookie season, but like, what am I going to feel comfortable with looking back 10 years later and going, uh, oh, we gave it to him? <laughs> you know, maybe we shouldn't have done that, despite, you know, less games or less minutes or whatever. What do you it's, think, Lee? It's Will the Emeka up- Okafor situation that a little Lee, was, bit. Lee was talking about a few days ago. Who won? Yeah. He won Rookie of the Year over Dwight Howard. Mm. Um, maybe he had a better season, but if you're projecting, right. you go with Dwight out of high right. school. Do you think anyone will projectly and and throw a vote to Zion in just 19 games? 
No, you can't really make a vote for uh, Zion in, in a serious way over. John Morant, Morant was there from the start and uh, and he delivered. And the thing is, uh, you know, it looked for a while that we may not see Zion at all this season uh, because it sort of, you know, kept getting pushed back a little bit further. So the fact that he came on and immediately started just putting up 20 point a game, I don't remember exactly what his streak was, but I know he had a, a crazy streak there of scoring mm-hmm. 20 a game. He came in and he was ready to play. And we've already seen a few photos of Zion down in uh, Orlando. It looks like he's lost a little bit of that sort of extra weight that he carried there he's kind of bulked up so um, I'm just glad that Zion's season we got we've gotten something out of it um, because you know coming in we're all hyped up he's playing those preseason games and then all of a sudden we hear he's you know he's, he's hurt his knee and he's out and it's like oh my god this is a disaster um, so he came back and uh, and was great but uh, Ja Morant was um, amazing this season to the point where you know my fatherly instincts took over where a couple of times I was like please Please take a little bit of care when you go into the paint right. there, because you're going to hurt yourself badly. And how he didn't hurt himself more is a surprise to me. And, and you know, you're almost like, I don't enjoy those highlights as much because I'm like, I, this is just an accident waiting to happen. But uh, he was incredible. And, and not only were his numbers great, as you guys have mentioned there, they were impacting his team to the point where it was like Taylor Jenkins is, is, a, is a considered a chance for uh, getting some votes for, rookie, for Coach of the Year because of the, the Grizzlies being in the playoffs. Now, no one expects the Grizzlies to uh, do any more than perhaps win a game off the first seed in the, in the first round. That would be an incredible achievement for them. But uh, Morant is showing that this guy is legit and, and you feel that uh, in the coming years, with the right talent around him, the Grizzlies should pretty quickly vault up the standings there in the, in the Western Conference because uh, he's a superstar player. Yeah. I wonder how close this vote would have been if, hypothetically, Zion plays, uh, let's give him half the year. Let's say he mm. plays 40 games in, in a normal season. He plays and 40 say, games. Yeah. Let's say he, he plays those first 40 as well. So it's it, like it's, it's a race from the start, you know? Okay. Yeah, maybe. I don't even care about that. But like averages 24 points per game, which is basically what he scores. You know, incredible efficiency. He's like a 60% shooter right now in his early uh, part of his career. Um You know, would it be, but, but the Grizzlies steal the eight seed. They hold on to it. I mean, I wonder, I just wonder how close the vote would have been. Like, would you give it to Zion? Because, wow, to score 24 per game as a rookie, uh, that's amazing. And look at his highlights. Or John Morant got the Grizzlies into the eighth seed over a full season and average, you know, 18 and seven. That would have been a close vote, I think. I don't, I don't think it would have gone one way or the other by a landslide. Might you think I'm wrong? No, it would have been close. Yeah. It would have been close, yeah. People, people love the Zion. People love the Zion, and you know, there's the, the the theorists out there that you know the NBA package this whole 22 team thing in Orlando to get Zion Williamson more airtime, and and hopefully he's back. He's left for a a family emergency, and he should be back for you know the playoffs, uh, but likely to miss the. I would guess likely to miss the the first game like he did the first game of the season uh, that TNT has on their broadcast. Uh, but people, uh, the theory is out there because people just love people are tuning into New Orleans games. There's no doubt about it for yeah. Zion Williamson in a way that they didn't, uh, you know, for Memphis Grizzlies games. Even though we and, and other people are saying tune in to watch John Morant uh, because he the, the highlights, the the gameplay, the managing a game, he's he's awesome. Final award for the All-NBA teams. Um, Sixth man of the year. There's a lot of candidates. Lee, who do you think uh, wins this one? I'm going with uh, Schroeder. 
out in Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think he's been very good this season, and he's um, he, he's found a role that he actually is comfortable with. Uh, I think you know we've talked about it the 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 way that the Thunder have played this season with Chris Paul as their leader. Dennis Schroeder's actually like, you know what, Chris Paul is a, is a legit point guard that I don't mind playing behind. I think he had that problem in Atlanta, not feeling comfortable being a backup point guard. Uh, but instead, he's realizing that this is a role where he's very good at. He's a good scorer. He can distribute the ball. He's not a bad defender. Um, and, you know, putting up decent numbers. There's always the guys like the Lou Williams out there, you know, who you just sort of consider as a goes out there and get your buckets, which he does. But I think Schroeder um, was a very important part of what the Thunder did with that three-headed monster of Paul Gilgis Alexander and Schroeder out on the floor mm-hmm. a, a, occasionally at times and good closing, uh, good, good at closing out games. And so I just think he matured a lot this season, um, accepted that role, played it very, very well. And was a, an underrated part of why the Thunder were having success. So um, I think uh, I think he gets an award this year. Tess? Yeah, I think he's uh, he's a bit of a story. And and even though you said, Skeets, there's other guys, and, and Lou Williams and Montrez Harrell and, and Derek Rose out there, I think mm-hmm. Schroeder's got... Yeah, he's, he's somehow... He's got the story. He's also leading the the league in points per game off the bench, in 19 points per game, even though he plays like starters minutes. Yeah. Uh, he plays at 31 minutes a game so do you look at him and say oh that's, that's a lot of minutes you're kind of like a starter uh does anyone care probably not i, I know uh trey was uh, pining for derrick rose hard and i i was in derrick rose's corner for a, a while um but then he started starting and uh you know he, he's played about 30 percent of his games as a starter uh you know he had that game winner versus the pelicans early in the season he plays less minutes uh scores a, a little bit less than than derek Schr- or than uh, dennis schroeder uh derek schroeder and dennis rose <laughs> uh gonna be a tough race out there but uh I, yeah i i even though you know per minute rose's numbers are probably higher there's a reason that he's a bench guy and he shouldn't be starting it's because he can play a maximum of you know 25 minutes a game his per his shot per minute numbers he gets out there and jacks probably more than anybody um and you know he's on a bad team out there in in, uh, detroit so i think i think schroeder kind of has it like people are tired of giving it to lou williams Uh, lou williams had a bad year too yeah i mean he really did bad i mean bad yeah it was bad especially when you (laughs) if you want to take into consideration the zero he is on the other end of the floor i mean it gives a lot of it back Mm -hmm. i mean Um, it wasn't yeah he's still like you know almost 19 points a game like he wasn't far off what what schroeder did but um yeah, his percentage has dropped a little bit, yeah. and, and 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 because he hasn't, he's not peak Lou. Uh, it, yeah, he's he's not going to win it. I, I don't think. No, I, I, think I think probably so. Montrez Harrell probably has a better shot on that yeah. team. And uh, you know, I think the fact that you know, looking at the bubble, you know, Reggie Jackson came in and started playing alongside Lou Williams. I think they played eight games together. The fact that you know they don't have a lot of time to get together here, and Landry Shamit isn't there currently, and and one of the Morrises isn't there. I'm not sure which one plays for the Lakers, which one plays for the Clippers. But I'm worried about their cohesion and Luke kind of playing off the ball a little bit, even though he you know he's awesome and he's going to figure it out. Reggie had the ball in his hands in a lot, uh, had the ball in his hands a lot, and uh, I don't know, I don't know how that all fits. But Lou's going to get his shots up no matter what. Um, but yeah, he wasn't as good. He wasn't as good. No, and it's tough for. I think he'll get a lot of votes. He might win it for for crying out loud, Montrez Harrell. But tough for a big guy to win this award, you know, to come off the bench and yeah. and, and get the accolades as like a spark plug, like a Lou 
or a Crawford or even a Schroeder, as we've talked about, like a guy that just gets buckets. And Montra scores, but it's just it is for whatever reason it's uh, people don't care as much for the big guy coming off. Uh, I remember Taj Gibson a, a couple of years ago it was a good example of that. And uh, instead, one of the, you know, I forget who took it from, probably Lou or something like that. But, like, same thing. It's like, nah, this guy just comes in and gets buckets. And and, uh, and in Lou's case, especially previous years, like, wins quarters, wins games, for crying out loud, for his team. And plays heavy minutes, too. But I don't know. It's Does Harrell and Lou sort of, do they take away votes from each other? And does that allow, like, a Schroeder to grab this? Or a Derrick Rose or, like, a George Hill, like, Clarkson, you're reaching at that point. But mm. I think my vote, my prediction is ultimately to Schroeder as well. Though I'm not like super excited about it, if that nah, makes sense. Nah, so nah, there's no, there's no one with a bang, by a, yeah. with a bang here. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I think the case for Harold is that he comes out and he works hard. Um, yeah. But but that maybe isn't as sexy as a guy who goes out there like Lou and right. just can, can give you 35 points. But I think, uh, I think Montrez and I think the Clippers really do appreciate what he gives them for that energy boost off the second uh, off the for the second unit because you know he's not out there shooting jump shots he's out there like a Sean Marion you know tip-ins and putbacks and running the floor and just creating baskets for himself but giving them a real boost but uh, but again yeah I think people kind of you know they just don't see that as uh, as the same impact as a guy who's out there um, shooting feathery three-pointers and things like that so mm-hmm. um, I, I think Montrez certainly should finish no lower than sort of third or fourth in this in this category but I don't know if he will all right, all NBA. Let's do this. So we'll try and collectively build our teams. Well, I'm sure we'll have a few debates here in slotting in our guys. First team, probably not a whole lot of debate, though. Let's be honest. Tell me if I'm wrong. The guards are Luca and James Harden. Yeah. There's okay. a, what about Lee? Are you okay with that? I know you didn't have Harden. He hates Harden, five. so give me nah, somebody yeah, else. See, what do you want see, Tatum that, there? That's- that's a, that's the thing. I mean, I, people will know I have a you know I, I, I'm not a huge Harden supporter. I think he's been great. You know, well he hasn't been great. I don't think he's been great. He's, he, he has been great. He has. He hasn't. Been great. He hasn't. He yes, wasn't he great. Has. He was shooting 22 percent from three earlier this season. Like I, okay. I don't. But his numbers, his numbers. I, I know I, he definitely did drop off. But through 39 games, he was averaging almost 38 points and yeah. shot 65 percent true shooting percentage. And then. He did. He did drop off. Now he's at thirty-four point four points per game. A lousy leading the league with thirty-four point four points per game, and the sixty-two percent true shooting percentage is exact same he's had the last couple of years. It, it it was a bit of a drop off um, because he was on fire, and because yeah, his floor numbers are a little different. But he's getting to the line more, and so his numbers, yeah, you might you might see them, and they might, but like he had. 19 40 point games this season. I mean, yeah. that's that's so who really okay, ridiculous. Lee. Who would you put alongside Luca as the other guard on the first team? If you're not going yeah. Harden, even though it sounds like you know, Tass and I are going to outvote you here, but who would you put? <laughs> yeah, no, no, Trey. I can't sort of say, well, Trey would take my side, you know, no. he's going to vote Harden as well. Uh, honestly, we probably be Lillard or Chris Paul for me, but I mean, they're both, they're, you know, Chris Paul's numbers clearly nowhere near James Harden's, but mm. uh, but again, for what he's done for that team, I think, uh, I think he was incredible this season I, I i just you know and even you know even westbrook i do feel really came on and uh, and affected that team and, and and harden he gets his numbers we know because the ball's in his hands all the time but uh earlier on that season when he was just firing away and putting up some of those like he, he might score 50 points i don't have the, all the box scores here but i know he was shooting like two for 16 from downtown as well and those sorts of things it's like 
all right, come on. That, that we shouldn't be rewarding that if a guy's getting fifty if he's if he's uh, shooting badly like that. I'm going to have to go and check these box scores because someone someone's going to tweet at me and say, "Oh, he never did that." But um, it just you know there was a, some times this season. And I know he was averaging forty, and we talked about maybe he could average that for the season. But he seemed to be just sort of firing away there, um, and and the Rockets weren't like the Rock, the Rockets weren't having a, a great season. So um, wow. Okay. Well, this is a fascinating take. You almost yeah. tried to convince me you would put Westbrook over Harden. On your all NBA first I mean, team. like the, ultimately not really, but I just you know when I see Harden as first team, I thought I don't think he's had that good a season again. Even though he's he's, he's average leading the league with thirty four points a game, um, but yeah, I, I'm would not you going leave with this him, argument. Would you leave him off your all NBA teams no, completely? No, okay, no, not okay, at all. Okay. Not at all. Right. I, I would have him on the second team at worst. Okay, okay. I just, I just, I just not sure that I'm, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm convinced that uh, he's deserving a first team this season. But okay, uh, and you're and contemplating I, Lillard, contemplating Chris Paul, Chris contemplating Paul, yeah. maybe a Westbrook. Okay, so yeah. we'll, we'll get to those names as we go through the rest. Yeah. Of them. All right. So forwards, um, are you okay with Giannis and LeBron? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, all right. I'll give okay. you those two. Is Giannis a forward? Is he a guard? Is he a center? What is he? <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't be shocked if you tried to convince me PJ Tucker should be on this or something like that. <laughs> the impact of that Rockets team. Okay. So Giannis and LeBron, um, and then the center is the really, I mean, you, you threw me for a loop there with uh, not wanting Harden on the first team, I'll, I'll admit, but Embiid or Jokic, or maybe somebody else, who, Tass, why don't you uh, take the first stab at, like, who would be your center on the All-NBA first team? I would shove Anthony Davis in there. Uh, uh, because okay. he plays a lot of his minutes at center, and I think look, when you look back at the 1920 season, Anthony Davis was by far and away a better player than Jokic or Embiid, who are more traditional centers. And Embiid, or I'm sorry, uh, Anthony Davis doesn't start at center. JaVale McGee does. And Dwight Howard plays some center. But he plays like, you know, a good chunk of his minutes at center. They close with him at center a lot of the times because that's their best lineup. And he's in my top five for MVP voting. Those five guys... Luca, Harden, Giannis, LeBron, and him are the top five. And so I think looking back, you want to say that guy was first team all NBA because he was one of the five best players. Forget these stupid positions. I mean, what does it really matter? I mean, if if you were picking a guy, I know you have to pick a center, but if you're picking a guy to play with Luca, Harden, Giannis, and LeBron this season, the guy who played his best was Anthony Davis. And like if Jokic started okay. better, if Embiid played to a better level, the, the level I expected him to pick or to play at when I picked him at for MVP at the beginning of the season, it'd be different. But they didn't play to their capabilities and you can blame Al Horford for Embiid, sure. <laughs> uh but I think Anthony Davis the fifth definitely the fifth best player, but you know, with a bullet over those guys. So I I'd find a way to shove him in. I know it's cheating. No, that happens, though. That happens with all NBA teams. I feel like this happened time and time again with Tim Duncan, right? Like, being just, like, slotted wherever they wanted to put him. Power forward, center. Meh, doesn't matter. Okay, yeah. Anthony Davis, um, I'll push back a little bit on that he played a lot of money. I forget what the exact word you were used at center that he played. I mean, he played, like, 38% at center because they did play a lot of Dwight or JaVale McGee. They played big. They played traditional, the Lakers did, Frank Vogel. So he was more playing a forward position for a good chunk of the year. But I hear what you're, I, I, I take your point, totally fair, that you want to make him the big here on this team. So he's your center. Lee, you fine with the ED? You want Embiid? You want Jokic? You want somebody else? Yeah, see, now this seems weird to me to have Embiid or Jokic over Davis in the first team because I think Davis has been better than both okay. of those guys. And, yeah, I put him at center. I, I don't care about, I mean, like, oh, he played percentage here. He, he's as good enough 
close enough to being a center as, as, as he needs to be for this, for me. So Jokic started off terribly. He really got it going once he got himself fit. But uh, no, he wasn't better than Davis. And, and Embiid a bit the same. Embiid was a bit frustrating this season. Um, you know, again, we, we've talked about the fit there in Philadelphia. Uh, wasn't great. And, and some people, I think, uh, I think Tass and Trey even had Embiid as an MVP coming into this season, and he, and he wasn't near that. So I think Davis uh, deserves to be on the first team um, here. And yeah. If we want to, if we want to get all sexy about who's a center and who's not, I mean, Davis is is good enough for me to be called a center. It's not like we're trying to shove him in as a point guard or anything like that. So I want to uh, get all sexy about yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm going to start uh, uh, referring to myself as the center of the No Dunks uh, podcast team. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Trey, I'm the center. Um, okay, well, you're the sexy one because you just you just looked down during your manscaped ad and you said, "I got to fix this up." Whoever has the sexiest bush gets to play center <laughs> on the No Dunks team. Okay, so to to uh, go over that, we're putting Luca, Harden, Giannis, LeBron, and Anthony Davis. That's our first team. That's, I'm fine with that. that. Yeah. Okay. All NBA second team. Guard. Tell me if I'm wrong. We're locking in Damian Lillard. Yeah. Okay. Yes. 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 Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Then it gets a little tricky because I think there's a lot of guys you can make the case for for the second guard spot. Um, you know, Westbrook might be in the mix. Chris Paul might be in your mix. Ben Simmons. Guys that were on bad teams with huge numbers. Beal, Trey Young. Winners like Lowry. You know, scorers like Booker. Maybe Mitchell. Maybe Kemba. But, Tass, you, you take the first stab at this. Who would you like to see as uh, the second guard on our all-NBA second team? Yeah. I, it's tough. I want to pretend that I'm passionate about this. But uh, this second guard... I'd, I'd be fine with, with CP3 or Westbrook mm-hmm. or even Ben Simmons. Uh, so somebody else can take a step. I think I think those three guys, I'm, I'm okay with, I'm a little bit more passionate about the first team All-NBA. I think those three guys, Westbrook, CP3, and Simmons, should round out the guard spots for the second and third team. Ooh, okay. Uh, and then uh, then I'd be fine. But uh, whoever wants to make a, a fiery, sexy statement about who should be the second guard here on the second team, besides Damian Lillard, go right ahead. It sounds like you want Chris Paul, Lee. Yeah, Chris Paul, easily for me on this spot. Uh, he's been amazing this season. He made the All-Star team again, and he made the Thunder into a, a very, very good team, well-functioned team. Uh, again, his numbers aren't going to you know, blow anyone apart, even though his numbers are pretty solid. Uh, and again, fourth quarter, closing games, it happened time and time again where it's like, look at Chris Paul. This is Chris Paul from New Orleans days where he seemed to be yep. energized again put the ball in his hands, and he was closing out games. I, I think there's no question that uh, he he's a lock for me for that spot. Um, again, I don't, I, you know, I'm trying to sort of put him into that first team. I don't think he's quite there. It's, it's a little bit of a, you know, a bit of a revolving door, that sort of second guard spot for me in that first team. But uh, absolutely no question that Chris Paul deserves it over, you know, Westbrook, good. Simmons, good at times. Bradley Beal, I mean, Beal gets the credit because he was great himself. But the Wizards, of course, were nowhere near the playoffs. Yeah, you know, six and a half games. Should that matter at all, though? Uh, exactly. I don't know. It does it matter? I think it does matter on the first team. Maybe not so much on the second and third team. So okay. I'm not sure. Uh, okay. So I'm fine with that. Let's just uh, yeah. let's keep it going here. Let's put Chris yeah. Paul there with Damian Lillard. Those are our two guards, all NBA second team forwards. Kawhi Leonard is he a lock for everybody? On I'm the, good with that. Yes. Yeah. On the all NBA second team. Okay, I thought so. Then it's a little open for debate because, you know, I originally thought maybe Anthony Davis would slide in there, but we put him on our first team. So does that mean we're going just Embiid Jokic as forward center, or is there another case to be made for a forward? Who do you think, Tass? Ooh, yeah. I, 
I think uh, my my. My my inclination is to pick one of the other good forwards out okay. in the league, like okay. you know whether it's Jimmy Butler uh, or Tatum. I would probably sneak in here. Um, Chris and, Middleton, yeah, Siakam, Middleton, maybe. I think Middleton deserves a bit more credit too this year. I think he was very very good for the Bucks, uh, but it's Chris Middleton, so I don't think he gets the recognition. <laughs> That's why I, I I don't think so. I think, but I think he was good. Mm-hmm. I, I I think. Um, Maybe third team for him, uh, but I, Jimmy Butler because Jimmy Butler did start off well. He, his numbers again aren't huge if you if you sort of want to take that into consideration. Definitely, I didn't shoot well this year. Uh, Gets to yeah. the line a ton though. Yeah, and then and then is Siakam. I mean Siakam, if you were making this award in in December, I think was an absolute lock for that. Um, or or, uh, or Tatum. So whew, it's a tough one. Give me Tatum. I'll, I'll go Tatum. Mm. Yeah, Cass. Who do you yeah. ultimately I'll, go? I'll take Butler. I think. Uh... His numbers at the line, you know, boost his, his production enough. And being a number one guy throughout the year offensively, the guy who they gave the ball to for entire fourth quarters, um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd take him. But mm. there you go, Interesting. We, it's we, up we would, to you. Yeah, it's up to me. I mean, wow, 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 wow. Butler, Tatum, a Middleton, yeah. I guess I'll go Jimmy. I mean, we got an interesting All NBA second team here because we got two guys that don't blow you away with their numbers in Chris Paul and Jimmy Butler. But you know, they're they're leaders, they're winners. Yeah. They take over crunch yeah. time, and uh, and I'm fine with that. And they obviously bring it on both ends too, which I, I think is somewhat important when you're making uh you're looking at the 15 best players in the league that year. Said, they, yeah, you said helps that they look, can give you something defensively, yeah. but you know, we should we should, certainly should look more than just numbers, which I think a lot of the times it comes down to, you know, like a guy just putting up big numbers like, again like like Bradley Beal putting up big numbers team's not winning, but he clearly was a a better player this season than I think we've seen even though he missed out on the All-Star game. So you know, um, I, I want to see guys like Butler again who you don't have to be putting up huge numbers just to get in there like you, you have okay. to be doing the the, uh, the other things as well all right jimmy gets uh, an all nba second nod here then uh who's the center Embiid or Jokic? lee you get it started or somebody else i'll, I'll go with Jokic uh overall um again talked about it there with uh, Embiid being a little bit frustrating there for uh, philadelphia i'm fascinated to see how this season ends for for uh, philadelphia and what what happens in the future with them because uh Coming in with Al Horford there and Josh Richardson, you're like they're, they're, they should be a contender for the championship, but they're they're not as we've seen them right now. Um, Embiid at his best is an MVP candidate on both ends of the floor, but but he hadn't been, I don't think, this season. Jokic started off slow. We talked about it enough. I think when he got it going, though, uh, he was very very good, and uh, he was averaging twenty and ten and about seven and a half assists. So uh, he got himself ready. He's got himself in. Well, he's got himself in different shape coming into the bubble. Will it be better shape or worse shape? We'll find out in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tass, you like Jokic and Bede, Bam, Gobert? Where do you go? I, I would take Jokic. I think he was uh, I think he was the second-best center. If Anthony Davis is a center, I think he was clearly better than Joel Embiid. And you can put the blame on Al Horford's shoulders. He's man enough. He's got wide enough shoulders to take the blame uh, for Joel Embiid's not, not having the, the season, not having the space that he needed with uh, Al Horford and Ben Simmons out there. And uh, this is uh, another All-NBA selection for Joel Embiid. He's never gotten to uh, the first team. Uh, he's had a couple second teams, and, and it'd be weird. Uh, I guess you could drop him to the third here, but I, I think I think keeping him there is fine. Okay, our All-NBA second team, I'm fine with that Jokic pick. We have Lillard, Chris Paul as the guards, Kawhi, Jimmy Butler as the forwards, and then Jokic as the center. 
Third team, let's just pick the center right now while we're talking big men. All NBA third team, is it Embiid? We just putting them right in, or can you make a case for Bam or Gobert or somebody else? Lee? Give me Embiid just over Bam. We gotta have Joel Embiid on our all NBA teams. Yeah, Yeah. he wasn't as good as the last couple years where he's second team, so I think third. Third's fine. That makes sense. Okay, so and that is you know Bam, great year, unbelievable year. Might win most improved. Uh, was an All Star. Go Bear. We talked about you know did uh, fall off a little bit. Obviously super impactful still defensively, um, but I, I'm fine with that. I think that makes sense. If we had AD as our first team All Center, then Jokic and Beat still got to be in the mix. So okay, put Embiid in. Let's go to the forwards because it's really down to three by the sounds of it. It's Middleton, Siakam, and Tatum. Unless I'm forgetting anybody. Um. Does Middleton have to be on an all-NBA team? Does he deserve that nearly, you know, flirting with the 50-40-90, being on the best team in the league? Yeah, he's the second banana, but is that more impressive? Is maybe is that just as impressive as a as a lead guy like a Siakam or a Tatum? What do you think, Tess? Yeah, it's real tough. When I was debating this, I think I would slide or slide slide in, slot in. Is that the word? Jason Tatum <laughs> um, to the to a forward spot. I think Tatum would be my my guy there, and then I'd have, I was picking between, yeah, that Chris Middleton, number two guy. Numbers are very, very pretty versus Pascal Siakam. Came out of the gate real strong, looking like the guy who could take over Kawhi's reins, and then slowed down a little bit, uh, mm-hmm. but still the number's really, really good and, and does more defensively, uh, if we want to factor that in. Mm-hmm. Um, gets people involved on a little bit you know not a lot not a lot uh it's yeah i, I mean I, I i could go either way but i'd probably take pascal siakam uh over chris middleton okay so you go siakam and tatum lee who are your two yeah i, I unfortunately uh i'm gonna leave siakam off mine i uh I, I i can't believe i'm saying that considering how he started the season oh I mean, Middleton's in for me. Middleton's in. I, I think Middleton deserves some more recognition because he's kind of been considered like, you know, he can't really uh, step up in Giannis's absence. But I think as that second guy, that clear second guy, he doesn't attempt to try to be the number one guy. He understands his role. He does it very well. Shoots the ball incredibly well. He's up to 21 a game with six rebounds. I mean, that, that's that's yeah. pretty decent numbers. Um He's no Pascal, 23 and a half, uh, seven and a half rebounds. Pascal, Pascal again, he, he's just, he, he did tear out of those gates, you know, exploded out of the gates, um, but, he, but he cooled off. I, it's, yeah, I, I'm giving Middleton, I'm giving Middleton a nod because the Bucks have been the best team. Um, and then there's no Raptor. Okay, well, I'll tell you what, we can, we, we can put Middleton in. Well, we can, right. we're agreeing because uh, I've got to vote for Middleton as well. So that's right. two. He's in. Chris Middleton's on our team. So now Lee comes down to Siakam or Tatum. You, it sounded like you wanted Tatum. You were making a case for him on yeah, the old NBA second yeah, team. Yeah, I was, I was, I was. I'm, I'm going to go with Tatum. I, I, oh, man, I feel awful saying that. But I'm, I'm giving t- I can't believe Siakam's not on there. But Well, he's on, he's on my team. Sorry, Tatum, oh, get the hell you. out of here. I'm going to upset the Beantown boys. <laughs> Tass had Siakam in. We put him in. We'll play right. the homework card. I mean, that good, is tough. That is, that is very, very difficult yeah. between those three. Um, and maybe even we had it wrong. Maybe Jimmy shouldn't have been there. I don't know in the, in the All-NBA second team. Yeah. Maybe it should have been one of these guys. Let's hear from you out there, by the way. Tweet at us at no dunks Inc. Okay. We, we, it, it was a tough way to get there, but we're semi-agreeing on just pure you know, democratic votes here. It's Middleton <laughs> and Siakam. 
as our uh, two forwards on the All-NBA third team. Oh, that's tough for Tatum. That's great. That's great when the beantown boys come. I'll say, I was with you guys. I was with you guys. Hey, yeah. look, we could put Tatum <laughs> at the guard position. Yeah, no reason I, 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 why I, we couldn't. That's um, why we should scrap all position. Just make it the best 15 players, did, man. Did I? Hold on. I picked Tatum. I picked Tatum and Siakam. Lee right. picked Tatum and Middleton? Yes. Oh, see, he got two votes Middleton got two votes. Tatum got two votes. And oh, I'm sorry. Siakam got two. Oh. Yeah, you're right. Right. <laughs> we need an extra forward spot. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I don't know who the hell we got. In give there. it to Siakam. Dude, give it to Siakam. Right, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> hey guys, crazy thing. This doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but let's let's round it out because this is fun. The guards, the two guards on the All NBA Third Team. Again, I listed a ton of guys that would be in the mix: Westbrook, Simmons, Beal, Trey, Lowry, Kemba, Mitchell, Booker. Who gets them? I mean, do you, here's the question. Do you want to credit a guy like Beal, or maybe even Trey Young for that matter, who had incredible numbers, who are incredible players, but were on bad teams? Do you want to basically do what we used to do with Tracy McGrady when he was with the Magic? Because Tracy McGrady made all NBA teams left and right. I think on average when he was there, his teams won like 38 games. They weren't that good. They wow. were not that good. Um, but, you know, the one year they won 21 games, and McGrady led the league in scoring for the second consecutive season, and he was an All-NBA second team. Wow. Why don't we do that games? with Beal? That's all they won? Yeah, man. So why don't we do it with Beal? Yeah, I know. Well, certainly not both of those guys, for sure. You can't have Beal yeah. and Trey Young. Um, and, and Trey, I'm going to leave off because it's only his second season. And this is like, you know what? You've got plenty of time. You're going to make some, so you miss out this year. You've got to, you've got to uh, just go through these uh, couple of seasons like that. Um, I think uh, I'm going with uh, Kemba, I think. Kemba was very, very good on the Celtics. I'm going with Kyle Lowry, though. I need one. I need Kyle Lowry out there. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Oh, no. I know. Oh, my goodness. I'm just looking at all these names, and I'm like, yeah, he was good. He was good. Give me Kyle Lowry. I, I want Lowry out there. That's one so, spot. So, who's your, okay, well, who's your other one, then? You you give us your two. Lowry yeah. and Bill. Simmons. Okay. Wow, Lowry. So, going defense. He likes the defense, yeah. this guy. All right, Tass, what about you? Uh, just first a note on Tracy McGrady. The thing with Tracy McGrady is it just should have stayed in Toronto. You would have won more games. <laughs> um, uh, the, my team, uh, yeah, I, I am. I, I definitely veer uh, all-star game. I, I say putting points on the board. Uh, you're, you're an awesome player. Want you in the all-star game. Trey Young, Bradley Beal probably should have been there as well. Uh, when it comes to the end of the season, I just want well-rounded individuals mm. that do a whole heck of a lot. So Ben Simmons would make my team, and Russell Westbrook would make my uh, my other spot. Simmons and Westbrook. Okay, well, Simmons is in then. I mean, that's that's two votes for him, and I'm not angry with that. Ben Simmons is one of the guards, one of the better guards in the league. Um, wow, so it comes down to really that final spot where we got to decide on. Lowry's in the mix. Westbrook's in the mix. I hear you on Beal. I mean... Like, I think McGrady is a really good example of sort of a comparable guy. Like, Beal scored 30 points per game this year. Um, now, he didn't play a lick of defense. I mean, his team stunk. I mean, like, it's almost to the point, like, I don't think he, I think he just stopped trying on defense. He's like, why? I'm just, I ain't going to try. Nobody else is trying. So It was just, actually hilarious how they just didn't even oh, make any effort on yeah. defense, the Wizards. <laughs> yeah, and I guess maybe I'll hold that over him a little bit. Um I'll go Simmons. Uh, we, we already got him in. And wow, Westbrook or, Westbrook or Lowry. I, uh, I sort of feel like Lowry did not have an all-NBA-like season. He's been there before, or at least once I think he made it. Um, 
I think, he, I think he's made a couple of... Did he? Uh, just, one, just one. Oh, just one? Hmm. Yeah. Westbrook is the fascinating one. I mean, Westbrook yeah. doesn't even sniff this All-NBA team if he doesn't turn it on in 2020. You know, like, he wouldn't even... People would be angry for even bringing him up as one yeah. of the better players. But then he was balling there for whatever, 20 games or whatever it was. Um, all right. I'll go Westbrook. Westbrook and Simmons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I already got... I tried to... You know, I'm putting Siakam in there. I can't, I'm not even comfortable with having two Raptors in there and then having no Celtics. Well, maybe it should just be Tatum. I'm putting Tatum, Tatum and Simmons. Wow. See, this is always difficult, man. We got three guys <laughs> trying to build our team. So in the end, I know we got Simmons in there. That other guard is, uh, whoo, is it Lowry? Is it Westbrook? Or is it even Tatum? Our Shove forwards? Shove Tatum. Tatum in there. That's fine. Shove Tatum? Everybody's fine with that? All right. Yeah, sure. We'll put Tatum there. So we got... Uh, we got Simmons and Tatum as our guards, and then our forwards were Middleton and Siakam, and then Embiid was our All-NBA third-team center. All right, tell us if you agree, disagree, who you upset about that we left off. All the Beantown boys, I can hear the music, though we got Tatum in there, thank God. They're going to come marching over the hill. They're angry with us. That's okay. That was fun. Guys, let us know uh, all your picks for all these awards and the All-NBA teams, like I said. Get your questions in for tomorrow's Beat Step in. Email us, nodunksattheathletic.com, or tweet them in at nodunksattheathletic.com. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, these picks don't matter. (laughs) Embrace the day, people. (laughs) 